attack Oh, oh, oh I won't come back to the dice Oh, 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 oh I think I need some good advice I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah Oh, yeah Hello Rescuers, my name's Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our passion for tabletop roleplaying games. This episode is basically a call-in show, with lots of messages interspersed with my thoughts in response. It's unscripted and probably a little rougher around the edges, but I would encourage you to stick around and listen, because this collection of messages from the community has been some of the most insightful stuff in all my years of podcasting. So a massively big thanks up front to the callers. I hope you enjoy it. This is Season 12, Episode 23, Something Shared. I love to receive messages and call-ins from listeners. Very occasionally someone calls in and it's hard to know quite what to do with their message. Perhaps um, you're not quite sure where they're coming from or what they mean. Or as with one of the two calls I shared in episode 20, Transitions, from Sam, the energy is, shall we say, a little negative. I don't want to dwell enormously on the negatives, but judging from some of the calls and emails I've received after that episode aired, several listeners were surprised, shocked even. As I said in the episode, I'm grateful that Sam called in. Despite the difficult tone and words, he prompted me to work out how to use that energy and reflect on things. When I say I'm grateful, I don't mean that I would want those kinds of calls regularly, certainly not. I certainly found it very hard to listen to, but I am glad that Sam got whatever was burning inside of him out into the universe at large. And I think we can afford to be generous here. I believe Sam was, like all of us, doing the best that he could in that moment. And to be fair to him, I think his first call-in, which I aired second in the episode, sat in my inbox for longer than he expected. It's because I generally record episodes about three weeks ahead, and because I also don't include call-ins to episodes with guests, the message was unaired for a number of weeks. And I suspect Sam interpreted my not playing it as me deciding not to share negative or critical messages. And so he recorded that second message. And I'm really sorry that he got frustrated with me, but and with waiting, really. But, well, it wasn't censorship. But a judgment was made, the call was recorded, the accusation was made, if you like, and I felt in all fairness that I should air it. Now, Sam has emailed twice since, and I've replied. I've been trying to sort of smooth the waters, but to little avail. And the last thing he told me that he was going to stop listening not just to my podcast but to all gaming podcasts and that he intends never to call a show again and, and I guess that's his choice and, and I guess that means he won't hear this and that saddens me to be honest but in case you do hear Sam thanks for the calls and sorry that you feel the way you do I wish you all the very best I continue to pray for your well-being and I hope you find all that you're looking for in the future Thanks again for calling in. But having said all of that, there are a whole bunch of call-ins I received from you, the wider listening audience, in response to the Transitions episode, and a number of things, not just Sam. So massive thanks to everyone for calling in, sharing their views, and supporting both me and Roleplay Rescue. Truly, 
these calls communicated a deep empathy and emotion towards me in the show which I can't adequately thank you for you brought me to tears frankly and well thank you for helping an old fool feel like he belongs truly thank you hi Jay it's Simon here I listened to your episode 20 transitions and I felt compelled to message you sorry if this sounds a little scripted I wanted to get my thoughts straight so that's what I've done firstly I thought it was incredibly brave of you to air Sam's call at the start of the show. I sat there dumbfounded that anyone would have the audacity to be so cruel. And then I felt anger, particularly that he questioned the validity of your mental health challenges. In my mind, it was trolling at its worst. If he doesn't like the show, he shouldn't listen. There is simply no need to be so hurtful. So the irony is that his accusations of self-gratification and self-centeredness are actually his failings, not yours. Having said that, your response through the show was filled with love, acceptance and humility, and I was moved by it. You demonstrated an incredible strength of character, which I felt inspired by. I think it's always scary putting yourself out there. I know that myself. It takes courage, and it's not always plain sailing, but the fact that you do marks you out among the majority who don't. I believe it's important for those of us who do put ourselves out there to support and encourage each other. That's not to say we shouldn't point out things which could be improved. After all, feedback's a gift. We can't grow without it, but it should always be offered constructively, respectfully, and with love. Roleplay Rescue is an amazing body of work. Incisive, inclusive, and always illuminating, and yet filled with humility. Your show has helped many, many people get back to the table, improve their play, and find new ways to enjoy this amazing hobby. And I'm one of those people and I'm truly grateful for everything you've done. Finally, I always think to myself, let the haters hate. They only demean themselves. To quote Marcus Aurelius, to do harm is to do yourself harm. To do an injustice is to do yourself an injustice. It degrades you. End quote. Please know that, for me at any rate, you are a person of great value, someone to admire, and someone I respect deeply. So for everything you do, Thank you. Hey, Shay. We just calling in, just uh, finished listening to Transitions, uh, Early Access. Have to say, um, I feel like you handled the caller that inspired the episode extremely well. Uh, I don't personally believe that his concerns are valid. Um, I think that you produce an amazing show. It's only gotten better. Your last, uh, your recent episodes especially have been amazing. The interviews you've done, the, uh, the just the direction that you've taken things, the thoughts that you share, your uh, honesty, so, um, I don't think you need to change anything, and uh, especially not for just one person's opinion. So, uh, keep on doing what you're doing, and uh, game on, buddy. Hi, Jay, Barry here. Um, apologies in advance for what might turn out to be a bit of a rambly set of messages. Um, but just listen to your recent episode on transitions and the GM Journal. Uh, first of all, sorry about being late, being off work and a bit busy and everything, so not a chance to listen to the podcast and we just caught up. Um, I guess points I wanted to raise were, first of all, around about the unedited versus edited podcasts. I quite like 
the duality, I guess, of the two different episodes that you put out. So I quite like the fact that we have a sort of edited show. And I like, I like you know, I, actually, I think scripting works for you. I think you have a really good way of delivering stuff when you're scripted. Some, If I tried to script it, I wouldn't because I'd come across as very flat because <laughs> I just know I would. Whereas actually you deliver in a really good way when you scripted it. Um, so I don't have a problem with the scripted episodes and I think it works for kind of what you're trying to deliver in those episodes. If that makes sense, you kind of, you know, you've got a piece of information to impart or, you know, something that you've kind of collated together. So to me, that seems to work. And so I don't really have an issue with it. I do then like as well with the GM's journal, the unscripted kind of side, and I guess more of an insight into not so much you as a person, but more getting the personal perspective into things, not like a dry kind of scripted thing about a discussion around the points, but actually you telling us how you feel about things. And I think I've said before, it's really helpful for me to get that insight because I sometimes share the same challenges. It's nice to hear that other people are kind of going through those similar sort of thought processes. I guess the second point I wanted to make um, after that was around this issue of the paywall. the thing is, even if you didn't put bonus material out behind the paywall, I'd still give you money because of the work you do with the after-school clubs and you know, helping other people get into the hobby and stuff. And plus, I just value the work you do. So there's quite a few people where, you know, some don't even offer rewards, but they've got Patreons and things, and I'll put into that money because I appreciate the things that they produce. So not even the things I get for the Patreon benefit. I don't understand people like that. So some people will want to get stuff. They want to get something for their money. But that's I want to say that's not why I do it. I don't do it. For the bonus material, you could scrap the sort of Patreon links for early access and stuff. And I would still give you the money, essentially, I think is what I'm saying. Um, because I value the stuff you've brought to the community and the contribution you make. So in some ways, that's why I do it. And I do like the fact that, you know, if you, you, know, you give some of the things that you bring back to other people and kind of pass on. In fact, you've given stuff to me. So, hey, it's paid back me in some ways. <laughs> I mean, I did pay you know for the shipping and stuff at the end of the day you know that's kind of the community we're building and i think i like the fact that there is that kind of way of giving back to the community through the patreon so for me it's not an issue um i guess i want to say that so i know some people don't like paywalls but i said it doesn't bother me so much because i do like contributing to people when you know i kind of value the stuff they do um obviously money varies sometimes my contributions go up and down but it's generally there so i guess what to say that you know that's totally personal choice on your point of view and you know, some people aren't going to like it, but, you know, from my personal perspective anyway, I don't have a problem with it. Last thing I wanted to say, and I don't want to get too deep into this to start a big massive debate, <clears throat> is around you saying what you want out of the hobby and what you want to do and make it very clear that that is not narcissism. Anyone who says that you're coming forward and say, well, actually, I want this and I like this is narcissistic. is just plain wrong at the end of the day. Um, there's a lot of work now re deconstructing a lot of the myths we had from our generation where we're told we're kind of not allowed to have opinions or you know we've got to do what other people want and people pleasing essentially whereas actually you are allowed to advocate for yourself we're all human beings allowed to say what we like and what we don't like and actually advocate our own feelings and our own thoughts about what we want and what we don't want and gms are just as valid as players to have an opinion on what they want to do anyone who says otherwise is just you know i don't say it very often but it's just plain wrong at the end of the day you can choose as a gm to totally give your players the control over everything and that's a choice you make as a gm and again as a human being you have the right to make that decision so that's not wrong okay but it's wrong to say that you shouldn't be doing that and you should just let your players say what they want to do because at the end of the day you're a member of that table you're a member of what is going on you are engaging in the hobby at the same way as everybody else and you know you need to be able to advocate for yourself and say what you do and don't like and what your feelings are on things you know you are not invalid as a gm and having those opinions because it will be hard for you to engage with that table if you're not getting your own level of enjoyment out of it so you need to be able to embrace what you want to do and not just what your players want to do i mean we have a lot of stuff now about collaborative world building etc and you know 
being there for the players and you know players having what they want and stuff and again this is the two aren't exclusive you can do that with also having what you want you know for example if you hate science fiction not saying you do but if you're someone who hates science fiction and the whole table want to play sci-fi you're within your rights to say as a gm actually I don't want to run a sci-fi game. That's actually not what I'm interested in. I've really struggled to do it. I don't engage with it. I'm not a fan of the tropes, etc. And you can have those conversations and you're allowed to say those things and that's not narcissism. Narcissism would be you saying to them that they're all idiots and they're wrong because you obviously are superior because you know you think this is a good thing and therefore that's the way it should be. That's narcissism. That is you basically disagreeing with their worldview because you think your worldview is better and superior you having an opinion on it is not in any way narcissistic and you saying actually you struggle with it because you don't like the things they like again it's not narcissistic you know self-care self-awareness doing what works for you is not narcissism i'm sorry i got on a bit of a rant here about it but i want it to be very clear that people who say those kind of things are shutting people down it's basically a way to put someone back in a box because they don't agree with you but at the end of the day you are allowed as i said before to advocate for what you want so i guess that's my main key there just to make people aware that they actually you are allowed to express preferences everyone out there you can say you do and don't like things and that's not narcissistic and don't let anyone tell you that you can't have an opinion for those reasons you don't have to people please all the time so the last thing for me hopefully is just to say um enjoyed those episodes and thought you did a very well measured response to some of those call-ins given the potentially inflammatory nature of some of the way some things were phrased I feel um but also did the, the thing which I feel is quite good which is take the points that were raised and actually address them and not just bury the sort of conversation <clears throat> I think we do all need to learn a bit from really kind of engaging with people when they challenge us around stuff and not simply deciding to bury things just because we don't like what's being said um i mean you never as you said yourself you're never going to agree with everybody people aren't going to be pleased necessarily with everything we all say but i think we do need the time to actually validate what people have said and kind of you know respond i guess to the things that they've raised so yeah that's the main thing and i'll carry on bending by saying you are always right to you know advocate for yourself in situations and yeah i feel that personally anyway i feel the community is really good and that you're doing some really good work so yeah that's it for me anyway speak to you later che take care hey Shay, it's matt uh fourth time's a charm i suppose just finished listening to episode 20 transitions and what a powerful episode man so so good and geez that opener really stopped me in my tracks and i needed to kind of stop and listen to it later when i had more headspace what a what a nasty call in and i really hope you don't take any of that to heart and i think the way that you approach the rest of the episode is such a contrast and does so much to disprove counter just show how that person is just kind of wrong about really everything i think so just really hoping you're not taking any of that to heart doesn't seem like it, but um but wow but um great episode i really love what you're talking about and specifically for your um the feedback you're looking for i think your structure is great i really love the kind of scripted episodes um topics and how you could really precisely talk about um you know, there's various themes and, and where you're evolving. And then I really like being a patron. So I get these um, GM's journals and hearing your thoughts and unstructured evolving, you know, through the week and through time. And so I, I think it's great. Uh, no need to change here. Um, keep doing the good work. So, yeah, thank you to uh, Simon and, and Jason Weeb and Barry and 
Matt, I I, I remain moved. I did, you know, obviously sitting here recording this and editing this together, you you listen again, and yeah, I, I just really thank you for those comments, those thoughts, especially um, really the the sense of uh, supportiveness of what we're trying to do here. And um, I'm going to echo Barry and thank Barry as well for his his um, insistence that we can play how we want to play and advocate for ourselves because um, that's absolutely what this show is about, really. Uh, Roleplay Rescue is all about trying to create a place, a community of discovery where people um, can feel accepted. And I'm really sorry that somebody from the outside uh, feels that you know what we're doing isn't for them but in the end um, i'm really glad that it is for you guys and has become such a home for me so thank you now that's not all the call-ins i got a bunch from jason and also a really interesting call which i need to respond to as well uh, from matthew which goes all the way back to 2020 hey Jay. My name is Matt. First off, I want to say that I love the podcast. I've been listening since the beginning, um, and right now I'm on episode 705, where you said that you uh, sucked as a player and as a GM. I've been taking this episodic journey with you, and what I have uh, clearly see is that you are both hot and cold on GM prep. So my suggestion is to embrace cooperative play with a Mythic GM emulator. Each player has at your table has things that they love and or are good at. Your wife likes an immersive story and role-playing. One player loves character building. Another loves exploration. And you liked flexing your tactical muscles. So split up the GM responsibilities. Here's how. Adventure Conqueror King System is coming out with a Kickstarter for version 2 of its rule set in August 2023. That updated version has the most comprehensive sandbox rules on the market, hands down. So use that system to create the sandbox. Have, exploration, have your exploration-loving player own the role of putting together or rolling on the encounter charts. And the axe charts aren't just monsters. It's everything that you can think of that would be interesting to run into in a wilderness. Next, you embrace a Pendragon-style morality system for your NPCs and have your wife be the one that interprets and role-plays the NPCs for the most dramatic story. You take on the role as running the monsters during a tactical fight so you can crush your enemies. And then finally, for the player who loves character building, well, pick a crunchy system to run your game in and have that player pick the skills and abilities on level up for the characters, for the group, so you can just maximize that synergy between each of the, uh, between your party members. This hopefully uh, reduces your burden um, and gets you and your players to the table more often thanks all right then i i just want to first of all say thank you to matthew for calling in especially for listening through seven seasons of roleplay rescue from the very very beginning and um it seems from email back and forth because he recorded that message and emailed it to me so thank you so much for that matthew that um he's literally going from the beginning and it's nowhere near this episode yet so um it'll probably be very many months before he hears the reply uh that's why i typed him a brief reply but the the, the truth is what i said was wow i um i'd forgotten about all that episode i mean this episode 705 is what he's referring to it's an episode um called why i play how i play or something like that um and it was 
aired in August 2020. So it's about two months before uh, my mental illness uh, flared and I ended up off work and all of the other things that have happened since then really that have led to all of the stuff that's happening now. And um, it was perhaps a low point in where I was um, or one of the many low points, I suppose. But I just wanted to thank you, to Matthew, for reminding me. And, um, and the great thing about scripting <laughs> is that I can go back and look at the script. And, um, you know, it, it's really fascinating. I, I ought to go really listen to the episode as well. And I guess what I'm saying right now is, Matthew, I first of all, thank you for that suggestion of sitting down with the Mythic GM emulator and giving different players the role, different roles at GMing, essentially becoming a collaborative group with sort of no GM, the 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 emulator itself in, in in play and you know there's a part of me that was really quite fascinated with that approach i think where i'm at now in my hobby um is sort of somewhat different and i'm not sure um i mean i'm not sure that that it kind of exactly how you paint it would be would be like where i would go um but then again i've never tried it so maybe i should so thank you um also thank you for mentioning um adventure conquer king system is is getting a second edition i didn't know that um and i look forward to the the kickstarter in 2023 um in august it is like exactly three years after that episode that episode aired and um yeah i i've i've got the first edition of of axe and uh, never really kind of got into it but um I will take your recommendation of the sandbox tools because uh, I don't know of any others that I've really found I loved. Do you know what I mean? And so maybe I should get a PDF of it or something and, and use those tables as you suggested. So that's definitely something I'm going to look out for. Um, as I record this, it's sort of mid-July, so I'm really um, itching to uh, to see what that um, Kickstarter looks like. In fact, weirdly, I went online, I couldn't find any information about an, a second edition of Axe. So I guess it's happening in forums or discords or something. The second thing to say, I, I suppose, is like thank you for also sort of making the suggestion in there that we could mix up our systems. And of course, you know where I'm at with GURPS, that would be my crunchy system. And um, yeah, I, I just thought that was a really, really interesting suggestion. So um, I'm going to let it ponder. I, I don't quite know what will come of all of that, but I just thank you so much for it. I really appreciated the the time you took to make the call. And and I guess this is the thing I love hearing from people. Um, it's it's useful. It it prompts me in different ways and um, there's nothing more valuable than than sort of someone else's uh, sharing of their viewpoint really uh, in a way that's intended to be helpful so just thank you so much for that Matthew and I, I hope that you will catch up to us and um, well call again because um, that was cool stuff and that brings us to well, uh, Jason Connolly from the Nerds RPG for Articast, whom I'm, I also want to say thank you to because Jason was in touch about transitions and um, and it, it sort of like also made comment on his own show about um, that episode. So I, I wanted to especially say thank you to him for his care uh, and reaching out and everything else. And then before I kind of like let let Jason sort of sort of in on this as well i guess while i'm still talking about that that episode thank you to all of the emailers as well there's been quite a few of you and i appreciate you and and um while i don't tend to read out emails um on air i think people like uh, generally um would find that probably a bit tedious uh i do super appreciate you taking the time to call let's get and uh hear from good old jason who i don't know he's got to be the most consistent caller isn't he game on brother 
HA Jason here. Listen to 1221 and I paused it because I'm out running errands. But great conversation, really enjoying it. You know, it's interesting the idea of rolling for defense, but not rolling for attack. It is opposed to rolling for attack, but not rolling for defense, having say a static defense number. But it, it, it is kind of a switch, right? And, and it's an interesting switch and change in mindset. Palladium is almost there. But, you know, because in Palladium, it's you need, what, a 5 to hit on a D20? So with Palladium, you do almost always hit, but but you still have the attack roll and then a defense roll. But in Palladium, if you're not doing an active defense, you're probably going to get hit. So, you know, in 83, Palladium pretty much was there with where you guys are going, but it still had the two rolls. And this is kind of taking away that one roll. But, yeah, it's interesting, and, and and it's kind of a different mindset. So, and, and I know that's much more mechanically in depth probably than you want to hear, but yeah, I was just thinking about that. Anyway, I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the episode. So, thank you for putting this up on the air. Jason, again, still listening to 1221. I, I think I am much more on the spectrum that enjoys cinematic games than you do, which is fine. There's, you know, neither right or wrong there. But I really love Daniel's point about falling out of the tree. And I think that's a lesson, even simulationist players and people that enjoy the game mechanics and want to have game mechanics at their table and part of the conversation while they're playing. I think Daniel's point about falling out of the tree is very important. And the same thing like with the bear can run 35 miles an hour, right? So the idea that we don't need to try to do each little teeny step in game mechanics, but take a good approximation and then good common sense by the GM who has a good idea on the topic is a huge point that people need to listen to. You, you know, a gross example of this is Palladium's Recon game, where they took a miniatures war game and they boiled down all the modifiers for you know, kneeling and behind cover and being shot at and this and that into a couple general, you know, a couple general categories. And when you're playing the role-playing game, you just use these couple general categories. But when you break the numbers down, it pretty much works the same as if you did all that math, but you saved a ton of time. So to conclude, after I finish listening, like you, I definitely hope that Daniel gets the system out there. I'm very interested to see it and very supportive, even though you guys are looking for a little more grounded game than I am. That doesn't make it any less valid. And I'm very interested to see the system because it's something different, almost an evolution. Now, that's not an evolution as in the evolution's the wrong word. It, it, it's a different kind of game almost, right? So this isn't taking away from other games because some people like those game mechanics. But in the, as I understand where you guys are going with, with other world immersion, what we end up with is the game master playing the game, playing an RPG, and the players are doing improv theater. They're inhabiting the, the they're inhabiting those characters, and they're just doing improv and they're reacting to what the GM says and playing out whatever that character would do, but. Since they're not interacting with the mechanics at all, they're never leaving that character's sphere. The players aren't at that point really playing a game. At that point, they're improv actors. 
and the GM is playing the game. That's how I'm hearing it. And I think that's fascinating. And I know I've enjoyed when I've done that with you. So I'm curious to see where this goes. Take care, Trey. Keep up the great work. Yeah, thanks, Jason. It is great to have your calls and, and thanks so much for your reflections. And yeah, I think the point that Daniel makes about, you know, using our common sense, I guess, in a sense of, of like using our gut feeling about what would happen in the game rather than always going to mechanism is, is a great tip. Um, now, I, I wanted to respond to the last bit, the bit um, which, I, I don't know, it really jarred when you said when the players aren't playing the game, the GM's playing the game and the players are something along the lines of just improv actors or something like that. I, uh, hmm, okay, I, I feel that's completely not what we're going for. And I, I guess I get that the improv, that, that bit's correct because all role-playing games at the table are improvised all right that that we in one sense we don't know what the players and the, the gm is like even in the most prepped gm who's going to railroad you through everything still doesn't really know how the players are going to react and what they're going to do um all dialogue is improvised uh combat results are certainly improvised because they often require dice rolling and things like that all all elements of role playing are on one level improvised and so that's not anything new but this idea that because we take the mechanisms of play and we hide them away from the player to allow the player to essentially not worry too much about rules frame um, and to focus on the character frame to be, you know, as um, Runeslinger calls it, um, in character as character. In other words, looking out through the eyes of their character and experiencing the game world through their character's senses, which is what we're absolutely going for with uh, Daniel's Otherworld Immersed approach, doesn't mean that they're not playing the game. It's kind of weird, but I I, I do feel like you're still playing. The, the game is there, right? It, the, it's not purely... Um, like improv with no mechanism it's just that the mechanisms aren't in front of the player and so they will probably hear if they were sitting at a table you'd hear the clatter of dice and you would uh you know would know that the gm is using the system to adjudicate the outcomes and and i think that that's really important to just pick up on improv uh acting um, again i don't feel like the player necessarily has to be acting in character as character might encourage me to speak in the first person as if I'm my character and in that sense that's the acting but it's not a necessary thing and um, I also feel like like improvisational theatre is particularly like off as a, as a term because theatre is to a large degree a thing where there's people on stage and the audience is watching at a distance and not involved where all role-playing games are, in fact, the audience is the player. And that, that that's a completely different dynamic. And also, while it, you make it sound like improv theatre has no rules, actually improv theatre does have rules, or at least a set of kind of conventions and guidelines. And they might not involve dice, but there certainly are rules and structures there um, to guide the, the process. But more than that, I also think that the the... The criticism that it's it's improv theatre is is so off because of the dice. Like improv theatre never has random stuff turn up. Like there's never a, a chance for whatever is happening at the improv to fail. You know because it's always yes and 
um, you know, and, and building on what your partner has just sort of thrown into the into the mix. And with role playing games, actually, there is a fail state, and that's sort of intriguing. There's also random events that can be used, and there's also other random elements that can come up that can even surprise the GM, depending on your approach to GMing. So yeah, I. I I think I get what you were trying to say, Jason. I think what you're trying to say is like a much more of a focus on the improvisation and being in character, and that's absolutely correct. But uh, I think we need to be careful about um, comparing role-playing games with theatre. I'm also deeply suspicious of comparing role-playing games with fictional writing, authorship, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that's the purview of the story gaming community, which is very, very different. They're going for a narrativist and structured approach in the same kind of way. And I think that Daniel and I are very much not in the narrativist camp. We're in the simulationist camp and um, trying to show the world and you guys and ourselves even that you can go be in role as character, uh, play as if you're the character and have a really good time and leave the mechanisms to the GM. Anyway, that's a very long-winded kind of way of saying thank you for calling and, and again, sparking me to clarify where I'm coming from. I'm hoping Daniel will feel like I've got that right as well. Um, and, yeah, just it's it's not to say um, like uh, in any way that I disagree with you, but it is to say that I feel like the language there just kind of rubbed me up the wrong way i suppose and and i felt i needed to clarify so i hope that's okay i hope you can take that in the spirit as intended and i hope that's useful to other listeners thanks jason so much for calling and i guess while i'm here i might as well say thank you again to simon jason weeb barry matt matthew and jason awesome stuff that's it big thank you again to the callers today and if you have a question call in via speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue links are in the show notes thanks to all the roleplay rescue patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpg rescue i truly appreciate your support which helps to pay for the cost of the blog and the podcast plus fund the school games club i run where i work thank you and thank you to John from Tale of the Manticore for the Roleplay Rescue theme music. And especially thank you to you for showing up and listening. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. I'll see you again next time. Game on.